everybody. We're going to pump the brakes right there. It wasn't a song I had initially scheduled to start the intro. But at any rate, we want to give it to Big Boy Upstairs because, you know, without him, we probably wouldn't be here today doing what we're doing today. So with that being said, we're going to get it going. I'm your host, Lamont Patterson, along with my esteemed colleague, Dr. Matthew Anderson. And I know he's in the building because I can hear him breathing. <laughs> That's what I try to do every day is breathe. <laughs> well, well, because hey, well, like I said, so because far, so of big, good, man. yeah, and because of big yeah. boy upstairs, he let it happen. You know what I mean? That's right. Got to give. He it said, to "One him. more day, one more day, one more week with Lamont. I'm blessing you, buddy." There you go, and we certainly appreciate. We certainly appreciate it, man. Something touched me, and uh, I thought we'd talk about this a little bit. Are you in touch with your inner happiness? And I know. Let me see if our our, our guests are with us. Miss Jan Jerosik, uh, author, uh, poet, and I know we got some other guests also joining us today. So let me see, one by one, we have Jan. Are you in the building? I am here. Can you well, hear me? welcome. Yes, we can. Wonderful. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Well, well, it's a pleasure to have you here with <laughs> us, to, to hear that angelic voice. <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, Jen, he doesn't see, he I, doesn't talk that way about me, so that must be something <laughs> special. <man. laughs> well, that's only because Matthew has some issues that that we're going to work out today, and hopefully on this show we'll be able to do I some do. good, you know. And yeah. yes. I was thinking about you, Jen, and I said, what's a good topic? What can we talk about? So what I came up with is, are we in touch with our inner happiness, in which there's a lot of people that say they are, but they're not. You know, they're not happy with their jobs, you know, and they're not happy with their significant other, but then they're in this humdrum day-to-day life existence, and they really don't know what to do and where to go with it. But you know what, Jen, before we get into that, let me see if my other guests here, and let them, let me welcome them to the show. Steve, are you with us? I am, sir. We're here. Hello, hello, everybody. Let me introduce Mr. Steve Rizzo, and I'm sure we have his wife, uh, Rosanna Rizzo, with us as yes. well. And hey, Rosanna, welcome to the show. Welcome Hi, to I feel like I know you already. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I might be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I know you live with that guy, but don't believe nothing he's saying. <laughs> Rosanna, did you just say you think you you know Lamont already? Is that what you said? Yes. <laughs> yeah, boy, I'm I'm telling you, I I have to talk to you because as far as I know, nobody really knows Lamont. He is a mystery to us all. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that. Yes, he is. <laughs> well, that's not exactly true. But let me say, uh, Matthew, uh, 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 Steve is is a minister. Uh, also, he and his wife both are acting coaches, so you know they uh, deal with a lot of entertainment types, so on and so forth. So they know a lot about the industry, and because of their religious background, so on and so forth, and your background, Matthew, in terms of you know relationship counseling, I'm sure we'd be able to do some good to some of our listeners out there today. Well, I, I hope so. I hope so. so. So, Jen, let's start with you. What's going on with you? <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you. Um, I know there's a little miscommunication with us, but um, I work best mostly, too, when it's spontaneous like this, so this is wonderful. Um, basically, with me, the question that you're posing about happiness um, is such a profound uh, topic, I feel, to discuss, and... Um, it's so personal that, you know, it's funny because, you know, you're saying, you know, people are unhappy because of their job or their relationship or, you know, all these things on the outside, when really, for me, what I'm learning is all that, you know, if, if we let that define our happiness, we're going to be blown like rubbish in the wind, right? One day we're happy, the next day we're sad and everything like this. So for me, what I'm trying to learn and cultivate 
is something more inside, right, where it's more of um, sort of a feeling and, a, and a, sort of a feeling of gratitude, you know, for everything, for all of it. Even the, even the unhappy moments or the feelings of, like, lack or, you know, mm-hmm. you're not quite doing exactly what you're here to do, you know, that's a gift. It's a gift to be unhappy. It's a gift to feel everything deeply, you know. And um, what I think is is that a lot of us are kind of forced to sort of do things, right, that are not in alignment with who we truly are. And it's okay. Just because you're doing something doesn't define you as an individual. Um, however, you know, how can we cultivate more moments of happiness within, you know, just doing what we're doing, you know, to pay the bills or whatever. And then really tuning in to your heart and, you know, into the sort of spiritual side of you and going, okay, so is it time for a shift? What can I do to maybe put myself in groups of people that are doing what I would love to do, you know? And and, and I think it starts with a sort of a frame of mind and believing that it's possible. So I feel like a lot of people right now, you're right, um, it's easy to get stuck in the mundane of of what's existing, you know, sort of where we've been instead of where we want to move towards. Yeah? Yeah. Good start. Hey, Steve. Start. Steve, can I throw Steve? Can I throw this one over there to you from uh, from your perspective? Can you can yes, you sir. add in on that? Well, the thing that comes to my mind, and especially when I was listening to your opening, I loved it, Jehovah. Is that you know there was a song that came out that said uh, there's a God-shaped hole in all of us, and so many of the people today that you run into are trying to fill that hole with something else when when we're built to be in a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. And when that's not filled, no matter what we try, even if it's in relationships, if it's with our career, whatever we're trying to fill that void with, it's just not going to work. And so that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, as far as happiness, is getting into that daily personal relationship with the Holy Spirit because that's what he's designed us for. And then from there, he's designed us great things in all of us. So I just... That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew? Yes, sir. <laughs> you too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> that's Say something. That's, that's very dangerous when I get quiet there. Well, you, you asked Steve a question. I wanted to hear from Roseanne. Um, I think for me, the you know, I really – I really we we got into the the opening song and one of the word, one of the lyrics in the opening song was about let there be light let there be light and I think uh that light is real important and it does that that light means knowledge it means a uh an exposure of things and I think going back to identity who we are you know in God who he created us to be when we know that then we are rooted and grounded in something that cannot be taken away from us. Uh, And we're not trying to compare ourselves with everything else and everyone else. And so then the happiness flows from that place. Happiness is not the ultimate. Joy is. And, you know, go back to the Word of God. If if you've never read the Word of God, but there's a really good scripture that says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in that place, we can live and build uh, the way that God has uh, incorporated talents and traits and abilities in us. And that's uh, when we're going after life, we have a light that exposes the things that would obstruct the fulfillment of that happiness and that joy and that uh, resilience that we do have as people because that's how God made us to be. Right. Thank you, Rosie. Okay. Thank you. Hey, okay, hey, now, Matthew, now I'll, I'll speak Matt, now if you want. No, you wait. You, I got another say, question I'm right quick. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Well, I, I just want to put to to our guests, too, because I know this is kind of individual, but then again it's kind of general because everybody's happiness isn't the same with everybody. So I guess my question is, and I'm going to go back to Jen first, and then we'll come back down the line. Jen, what mm-hmm. is happiness to you? Okay, sure. Um, well, uh, happiness to me is sort of 
it's fleeting. I'm just going to be real honest with you, Lamont. I mean, please, there's, please do. there's moments, there's moments where I'm happy, right? And then there's moments when I'm just disconnected and, and <clears> not. And, and I love what the other guests are saying about, you know, being connected uh, to spirit and to God and sort of finding your, um, you know, your strength that's unwithering, you know, no matter what storm you're going through or what thought you're thinking that day. Because, you know, a lot of our happiness is based upon our thinking and our feeling about ourselves and about how other people may view us. And if we're always sort of judging ourselves and living, you know, a life based upon our thoughts and the way other people see us, then we're never truly going to be happy. So if we can see ourselves, like they said, go through God's eyes and see sort of, you know, each moment, each each thing brand new like a child, you know, would see, then our chances of being happy are, are a lot better. So for me, um, it's more simple. You know, I love, like, dark chocolate. I love, like, meals with friends, watching the sunrise, going, you know, just simple things, being out in nature. Those things make me happy. You know, the other stuff, the whole idea of, like, a job or a relationship and all that, I've already been through all these things. And, you know, they make you happy for a moment. But it's really finding happiness in the simple things is what I found. Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. I'm glad you didn't just say just a simple new pair of shoes. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. no. That's good, too. People oh. have to force me to buy shoes. I don't even know how to shop. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, Stephen, throw your ball. <laughs> well, okay, in happiness, I, I kind of go on off the thing of understanding who you are because a lot of people say, uh, Janice, she mentioned relationships. Um, people get into a relationship expecting that relationship to make them happy, and that expectation, I think, is a little too lofty and unrealistic. If somebody's not solidified in who they are as a person alone, in other words, can you handle being alone? Can you handle having a good time by yourself because you're secure in who you are and know who you are? You've, you've searched out, you've talked, you've talked with friends about how they see you, it's getting that understanding of foundation of being, just being you, and not looking from some out kind, outside career or, like she said, relationship uh, to make you happy. Um, right. Again, going back, the inner core being of knowing that God's there for you no matter what's going on on the outside, that gives you a trust and inner confidence just to keep going forward with your dreams, your goals, your plans in life, and then you then you get to the place of fulfilling those things, but it, it's getting back to are you confident with who you are thank you steve you said that so eloquently now you just totally totally convinced me that i'm perfect (laughs) (laughs) and if you're cool with who you are that works that's what we need to do i'm gonna ask you for like the 13th time would you please share with me the drugs that you're on man i'm telling you You need to share it. You need to share it. Oh, okay, Roseanne. I want to hear from Roseanne, yes. Yes, I was just fitting. You know, I I, I was thinking about that. When you first asked that question, I go, shoot, what makes me happy? Um, I do feel that I'm I'm in a zone most of the time. There are things that sometimes upset me, but they don't take away uh, my happiness for all the great things uh, that I have in my life. But the thing that I, when I uh, was thinking about it a little bit more, to how do I answer that question, was the thing that really makes me happy is to operate in what I was created to be, to do. I love teaching. I've been teaching mm-hmm. something since I was like very, very young, as young as nine years old. I was mm-hmm. always teaching something. And that makes me really on the, on the natural level so really happy. I love not only to teach, but I love to see when somebody gets something and it turns, you know, I could see the turn in their life, in their eyes, and I could see a light again, let there be light. I see a recognition of, ah, that's where, what I am. That's where I need to go. That's what I need to do. When I see that and I'm able to be a part of that, that makes me really happy to be mm-hmm. able to um, uh, walk in the gifts that I've been given and um, express those things. That makes me really happy. But, again, I love having chocolate and buying shoes. 
Okay. That also, <laughs> so I, I want it all. Let's just mm. put it that way. <laughs> Lamont, can I share something now? Is it possible? Yes, you can speak. You can oh, speak now. Matthew. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. So I I, uh, I, I ask couples a lot what they want for their children, and often they will say, I just want them to be happy. And I've gotten to the point where I kind of cringe when I hear that because I, – and I think we're starting to move in that direction in the conversation, particularly what, with what Roseanne just said. I think in America in particular, we spend a lot of time, way, way too much time – thinking about what makes me happy. And I think that's one of the things that makes us very unhappy because it's like a drug. It wears off. It's fleeting, as we've been talking about. But I I was raised with the attitude that what life was about, for, it was for me to find meaning and purpose in my life. And I was particularly raised to go to God to give me that direction. So that if I have a relationship with God and, and, and I say, okay, what's the meaning of my life? What's the purpose of my life? Very specifically, and I follow that, I'm going to have meaning and purpose. And usually a great deal of satisfaction and happiness will come along with that. Not, not all the time, of course, because as we said before, happiness, sort of like taking a drug, it wears off the wind changes or whatever. And I think there's an important distinction to make between joy and happiness as they're talking about too. But I think that we can get happy as a byproduct of something else. And when we try to go straight for it, it doesn't work for us. And so there there are deeper, more meaningful things in life than just being happy. And when we search for those, happiness becomes a byproduct of that. That's hmm. the end, Lamont. You can talk. <laughs> yeah, well, that one, okay. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, my friend? Well, I don't what know. Do about, I, 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 um, what do you okay, think about meaning good. and purpose? Don't, don't you have meaning and purpose to your life? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I know. I know. I'm. I'm a teacher too. I always fight that term because I tell people if I if I really wanted to teach, I'd be in school somewhere. But I really look at my career in general and everything that I've done personally is is teaching, but just on another level. But mm-hmm. anyway, let's get off of me, Steve, Jen. Uh, okay, now when your life dreams blow up in your blow up smoke. I mean, I mean, how do you change? How do you cope with that when your life is going one direction and all of a sudden that direction is no more? What do you do? Jen, you want to take that one? Well, I'm writing a book on it, so I don't know how much time you guys have, but I really am writing a book on, on that, on my life and sort of my dreams. Oh, wait, 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 happening. Jen, hold up, hold up, Jen, hold up. Stop. Pump the brakes. Hold up. We have another, we have someone else wanted to chime in. We have another caller, but I want to let her, let them get in real quick before we move on to something else. Maybe it might be relative to what we were just speaking on. So I apologize, y'all. Hey, seven one eight, you on? Yeah, hi. It's little old lady from New York again. Um, <laughs> hi, guys. Well, anyway, I, I'm quoting this from Dr. Matthew Anderson. I was in his boot camp. 15 years ago, and he said it was telling us people who were food addicts that self-denigration, D-E-N-I-G-R-A-T-I-O-N, to treat oneself with respect and honor, and if we don't do that, it's the biggest block of happiness. That keeps us stuck in our comfort zone that refines our relationships and potential possibilities. So he, he taught us a lot about loving ourselves the way we are, because I felt I was not uh, worthy of happiness because I was not worthy to, to, because I didn't present myself like I so-called normal people as being skinny. So he taught me that you've got to love yourself just the way you are. And and it, 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 what I also want to know is what happened to the dancers? Nobody dances anymore. That's a, a great expression for teenagers, we used to have Dick Clark 
and with Soul Train and all that. And now I realize teenagers do not dance anymore. It's such important to, this, to the culture, you know. Yes, and that's do. all they I have to back, say. They, they be backing that thing up. Yes, they do. They just dance a little bit different. Yeah, but I don't hear them people going to dances anymore in, 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 my, in my city. Uh, they just don't. But it's different now. It's all rap, you know. <laughs> but I think dances are important. But to go back to Dr. Matthew Anderson, he used to have me write down all the different points in, in my life and then make a, a schedule, what is good and what was bad. And and I came out with a lot of good good uh, possibilities of why I keep myself stuck in comfort zone, you know. Anyway, he's a good okay. guy to have on board, that's for sure. And that's the end okay. of my conversation. <laughs> all right. Thanks, thanks for calling in. John, hey, Matthew, 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 Matthew show, I'm gonna ask you later. I'm gonna ask you later how much did you pay for that? But I'm gonna keep the show moving. I think Joan said a really important thing that at some point maybe we can talk about, and that is, what if we think we don't deserve being happy? And so I, yeah. I hope we can get into that a little bit during our conversation today. Actually, actually, actually. Um, we can. Jen, you want to answer that one? You want to chime in on that one since you're writing a book and it kind of runs parallel with that. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, um, well, I mean, have you had those moments? Have you had those moments when you didn't feel like you deserve it? You didn't deserve to be happy, or you would not? You wasn't every good day. enough. Or, every, or, uh, every day. Every day. Every uh, day. And I'll okay. tell you why. You know, a lot of times in our lives, if we have dreams or if we have, you know, whether it's a dream of a job or a dream of a relationship or how you would love your life to be, right, and it doesn't quite turn out that way, how can we, you know, that can really kind of taint how you feel about yourself, and then you start to sort of lack faith and even in God, and that's where I was, you know, in my life, and um, for me, it's, um, what's what's really helped me is not to look at things as good or bad or right or wrong and to trust that there's a greater plan because I'm really starting to surrender. And the more I surrender inside of myself, at, you know, just, you know, inside of my mind, inside of my being, then there's more moments of peace and more moments of happiness and all of this and all the other expectations of what I thought my life should look like, right, all the disappointments, they sort of fall away. And the right people are coming in, you know. So these are kind of things that I feel like God does have a plan, you know. And, and we can either choose to go along with it, you know, or we can choose to fight it and, and be in our ego and, and sort of suffer. And um, it's really interesting for me what's what's occurring as I'm sort of, uh, you know, allowing myself to, to be in this space because for so long I've beat myself up every day. And we're, and we're not much different than animals. I write children's books on native wisdom teachings of animals. I was talking to Matthew yesterday. He's the coyote, and I asked him about it, if he was related to the, to the native, if he got his name from the natives. And basically, you know, if we're mistreated, if we're mistreated, you know, we're for abuse from our parents or from the outside, you know, to tell someone, oh, be happier, to have confidence and feel like you deserve it, well, I mean, it's not that easy, you know, so we really have mm-hmm. to have compassion yeah. for ourselves, True. compassion for ourselves, you know, like, well, maybe that little girl, that little boy was injured, and, you know, and it's okay to be where you are, and then you can, you know, reach out on the outside, and I think a lot of people feel alone in this, and they don't quite understand or know what to do after they've been fragmented, you know, and... I think that it's okay to feel these emotions as well. So I think a lot of times in spirituality we got it all mixed up where people are like, oh, you got to be happy and joyful all the time and, you know, singing God's praise as well. Yeah, I mean, that's wonderful when you can, but there's also deep sadness and deep pain that needs to be acknowledged, you know, if you have been hurt. And I think that that's like, facing the storm that will always catch up to you eventually, right? It might come out when you're 50 or 80 or whatever, you know, this 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 unresolved conflict within. So, you know, for me, it it's all okay, you know. If you feel great, wonderful. And if you don't, that's okay too. For me, 
the greatest things and the greatest people that have come into my life have not been when I was happy and saying, oh, I'm going to wave my magic wand. It's been when I was on my knees crying and saying, oh, my God, I don't believe in anything anymore. And then God would bring in somebody. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Jump in there. Jump in there, Steve. It, what comes to my mind, it's going back to the beginning when I said about being in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because the word says, you lead me in the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Because the Holy Spirit is love, when we're in his presence, just to be in his presence, not to get anything from him, because that's like God going to, going to a pimp. But being in his presence, he is so full of love that that love just burns off a lot of the junk that's been thrown at us. Um, yes, a lot of people have been raised with a lot of hurt, a lot of pain, a lot of damage, and that's deep down in there. But being in his presence, that love goes in there and just, it says love covers a multitude of uh, sins. And since being in this, in this place, like all the hurt that we carry, when we go to him and allow that love to flow through us and just burn away that stuff, then we can walk forward. We can get on with our life because he's designed us to go for greatness. If we don't quit, we will achieve it. If you pull off biographies or autobiographies by great successful people, they'll all have these chapters in their books where they all felt like quitting because everything was horrible. That's life. Jesus said, you know, you will have tribulation, but be a good chair. I've overcome the world. So that's the deep inner strength that comes from being, for me, that comes from being in the Holy Spirit's presence is that determination of knowing, hey, if God's for me, who can be against me? I'm going to go forward no matter what it looks like. Because he's designed me for greatness. Very good, very good. Matthew? Yes, sir. Be quiet again. Be quiet well, you keep again. going to me. I, well, you've got to go around the circle now. It's Roseanne's turn. Hi. Rosanna. I'm sorry. Did I say yeah. it right? Is it Roseanne? Rosanna. Rosanna, yeah. Rosanna. Yeah, I would... That's all right. That's all right. We're good. Uh, the thing that I was thinking about when Janice was talking was that the thing that popped up in my head was compassion and love. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Steve started talking about love, which, um, you know, uh, love conquers all. And, uh, you know, perfect love casts out fear. And I think most of us have been walking in fear, whether we identify it as that or not. Um, because we don't know the love of God. We don't know how much he loves us and and what he has for us. So we're always trying to figure out another way of getting what we think will make us happy or, you know, fill us up or keep us busy. And we're always being distracted and going for that carrot, you know. And um, while I was meditating one day and pray, just praying and asking the Lord about what what's this all about, because, also, my times of great, great joy have come when I've fallen on my face, fallen on the floor, just as Janice said, getting on my knees and say, I, you know, I have nothing. I have no clue. I know that with you I have everything. But right now in my human form here, I've got nothing. I don't have answers. I have pat answers. I have sound bites. I have regurgitations. I have, you know, scripture that that unless you really are walking in that and you get a revelation from the Holy Spirit about that, they're just words. And so, uh, and it's at that point I heard the Lord say to me, you know, really impress on me really strongly, not a big voice or anything, but that the force of love will open the door. And I think Mm. so many times we're trying to push doors open, knock them open, Mm -hmm. be bold, be brave, be all this, and and um, just work it, work it, work it, you know. And God's saying the door is open. All you have to do is push, you know, but the force of that is like you do have to do something. He has given us free will. So he's already done everything that he's going to do for us. But like a good, good dad or good father, you know, a lot of times we instruct our kids and, hey, they choose not to take our instructions. Um, but we don't, once they fall and make a mistake or get hurt, we don't go, see, I told you so. I mean, some people do, but a good parent 
will go and say, you know what, they, they pick the kid back up, clean them off, and go, you know, let's, let's start again. You know, let's start from here. And that's how our father does. And so that's the force of love. You know, it's, it's kind of a violent term, but at the same time it's the tenderest term because mm-hmm. it's the, a, a powerful place mm-hmm. to be and a gentle yeah. place to be with him. And so anyway, that's my take. Good. Thank you. Yes. I think that uh, what has been talked about now, particularly the part where, Lamont, you asked the question about what do you do when things kind of fall apart, and Jen said she's writing a book about it and really looking at it, and we've been talking about how we get down to that place where we can't do anything else and we fall down on our knees and we start to open our hearts and ask for help. One of my favorite poets, Rumi, wrote a line where he says, prayer is an egg, hatch out the total helplessness inside. And I think that one of the things that love does for us sometimes is brings us to that place where we can accept our total helplessness. And when we get fully helpless, that's when we're open for that love to really start to work with us and it gets the ego out of the way because, you know, if Amen. if the mm-hmm. ego's involved, mm-hmm. then what we're saying is, uh, hey, you know, I want to do this. I want to do piece of that. You do your part, I'll do my part. And mm-hmm. it doesn't really work that way. It, it needs us to get to that place where we can live with that sense of helplessness at all times. And it's kind of a paradox, but that sense of helplessness is the most powerful place we can be to receive the love that wants to come to us. That's the way I I see it. And so we have to get to that place. And sometimes our egos are so tough and so strong, we have to really have our butts kicked before we get there, you know, thrown down pretty hard. And I spend a lot of time in my life these days, trying to invite myself to to go to helplessness and say, you know, you're not my enemy, you're my friend. This is a place where I, I kind of clean out the this, this space around me and then love can come to me because I am completely convinced, completely convinced that love wants to come to us in all places, in all times, and even in all people. Yes. That was pretty deep, Matthew. Thank you. That's why you pay me the big bucks, brother. Yeah, I figured that DR in front stood for something, you know. (laughs) Well, let me get, I got another one for uh, you guys. Yeah, you got a good Um, one. Let's come up with another one. What is it? Okay, well, here's another one. I I know on a daily, we walk around, um, around millions of people. We communicate with our family and friends, and you could be around, like I said, thousands of people, but are you alone? Do you feel lonely? I mean, is that is that, let me go with Jen. Do you feel alone in your existence or in your, in, in your life, in your world? I know... I know that I may I may be scattered with that question, but I, I'm gonna try to make it. Wow, simple. that's amazing! That's a beautiful question. Um, yeah, uh, are you alone you know, though? I mean, do you feel <laughs> alone? I mean, even though oh, you might be in the midst t- of a room full of people, oh, but do you feel like you're yeah, by yourself? Definitely. Oh, definitely. I've always felt I've always felt alone. Um, even in a crowd of people, I always felt like I didn't quite fit in. Right? Even why? Why is that? Um. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. You know, I think I think now looking back on it and sort of seeing who I am now, I spend a lot of time alone. Um, but I don't feel lonely most of the time. And and I can be with a lot of people and feel alone. I can feel connected too. I have moments of it. Um and I can be with a lot of people and feel lonely. So there's all these different sorts of feelings I think we have. Um, sometimes I feel, um, looking back on it, maybe it's perhaps that you had a some sort of awareness or some something inside that wasn't quite where other people were meeting you, even your own family. You know, sometimes I feel, um, you know, for me, my family, my, 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 my greatest soul family have been, you know, 
people like yourselves that I've met along the road that just sort of get it. You know, they've been through it. They've experienced these things. They have an understanding and communicate and can have compassion and care and love, you know. And a lot of times people aren't necessarily on this path. They might be Christian. They might be Catholic. They might be, you know, all these other religions and, you know, go to church. But that doesn't make you sort of really living that that sensitivity, that beingness, you know, for others all the time. And I think that to be alone is such a beautiful thing because you get to actually hear your own reaction, your own voice, instead of, you know, being drowned out from the outside. And that's where we're closest to God. You know, in the Bible it says, be still and know that I am God. And, you know, to be alone with oneself, you're never alone, right? But sometimes we'll feel like we're alone. Um now I'm I'm getting stronger in, in, you know, my connection with God that, you know, I, I feel the presence all the time, that I'm never alone. But there's moments when I feel lonely, for sure. So, anyways, I'm I'm rambling off. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so you, so when you're alone, you, you that quietness, that stillness, you feel closer to God. But in that same moment when you're alone, do you, do the sadness or any kind of depression or disappointment enter into that, or uh, I unhappiness? Have I have both, um, absolutely, and and I think that. Um, you know, for me, I don't, I don't judge it anymore. I used to say, "Well, what's wrong with me? You know, why don't I, why, why aren't I happy? And why did I have to go through this and feel this?" You know, and I think sometimes we feel, you know, for em- empathic, we feel what's going on in the world. It's not just about us. You see, we're not, we're never disconnected from each other. We're all one, right? Really, at the end of the day. So as long as people are suffering on this planet, as long as people are going through things, we're going to feel that. You know, especially the more sensitive you become and the more aware. <clears throat> and I think that, you know, it's it's a blessing to be able to feel that deeply. A lot of people, they medicate, they self-medicate, they do drugs, they, you know, keep themselves busy with work or whatever it is like, that they pass their time with. <clears throat> and that's okay, too. <clears throat> but then there comes a point in time when you start to slow down and you're alone with yourself. And a lot of people can't be alone with themselves. And when you really sit alone, you know, then that stuff starts to creep up and you get to take a look at it. And it's such a gift, all of it. So, yeah, you know, I have moments we, both. Yeah. We've noticed a lot of people don't like that quiet time because then they realize <laughs> that they don't, they don't like themselves very much. Yeah, it's tough, you know. It really is. It's, um, I don't think anyone has a pass in this lifetime necessarily, you know, even if you're the Dalai Lama probably, (laughs) and you're taught to meditate from a small age. I feel um, it can help, definitely, you know, sort of that quiet time and and stillness and being alone with God. But um, there's still some issues, you know, some things to work through. And as long as we can love them, you know, and not judge them, I think is for ourselves, right? It all begins with our relationship with ourselves, and then from there, can we be in relationship with others, you know, healthy, so. Good. Okay, Steve, there you go. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's time that you feel alone-based in uh, dealing with your day-to-day and society's issues and all that? Well, I kind of have a different uh, different thought for me, Um aging myself here, I first allowed the Lord into my life about 43 years ago. And in that process of of walking with him, sometimes yes, sometimes no, but the stronger and stronger as the years go by, I'm at a place now that I just, I can't feel alone because I know he's there constantly, which is awesome. Um, Are there times that depression or sadness, they try, but then when I look at the word tells me that Jesus paid the price for all that stuff that's an outgrowth of the fall. I mean, the Garden of Eden was God's plan. We messed up, sin entered in, and all this crap came with it. But Jesus paid the price, so in reality, we have authority over this stuff. So when I catch myself, or thankfully I have a, an awesome godly woman with me, that she'll recognize, hey, what, what is this stuff? Or I'll recognize, there's sadness or depression. That's just not allowed. That's trying to take me down, and that just tries to separate me from a relationship with God. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm refused to let that happen now. 
because Jesus paid the price. I do not have to allow sadness. I do not have to allow uh, depression. It says, faith, fight the good fight of faith. My faith is that I know that the Lord's with me. I go after this stuff with the words, that in his presence is fullness of joy, and I'm an overcomer. So my attitude is when this stuff tries to come in, it's just not acceptable. And so I go at it with a vengeance saying, get out. Right. Okay, Jen, you got some more material to add to your book. <laughs> Roseanne, what's your, Rosanna, what's your take on that? Okay, so ever since I was a little girl, I never really minded being alone. I really didn't. I wasn't a loner. I loved people. I loved conversation and talking. I'm a big talker. I'm a really big listener. I, I always love to listen to people and their stories. As a matter of fact, people would tell me we'd, we'd go out to go to the movies with my friends and people would stop me on the street, you know, asking for money or, you know, ta- uh, talking about a religion or something. And I would stop and I would talk to them. My friends would go crazy. They'd go, stop we got to get to the movies. I go, no, because I was really interested in people's stories. So I never really minded being uh, alone. I liked it. Uh, but I have felt uh, sometimes very uh, uh, alone, uh, lonely in groups of people because I've always, like, I don't, like Janice, I, I don't, sometimes I haven't fit in, you know, and um, no matter how much I uh, would maybe try to fit in, I and recently, not too long ago, I heard a story. Oh, I was watching a movie, and I, I, this line has been quoted, I guess, in many movies, where why are you trying so hard to fit in when you were really created or born to stand out? And um, I think that's the bottom line. When I, really, when I realized that with the Lord, that I am unique, uniquely made, there's nobody else like me, and I bring something to the table that really nobody else can bring, and other people bring things to the table that I can enjoy and uh, participate in and that I can't, I, I can't do. And I, I began to really not care about being in crowded places where maybe nobody would talk to me. Maybe, you know, I just slid around listening to stories, eavesdropping or, you know, putting my two cents in whenever I could. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I just, you know, I, I agree with Steve in that, that, you know, we, I take authority over those things when uh, depression starts to come, loneliness, uh, rejection. I've been rejected many times. I've been in business. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm in the entertainment business. How many times a day can you get rejected? A gazillion, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, here, here, here. You know, so I'm like, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I, I uh, when I was younger and I didn't know the Lord that way, I would like to take that very personally. But now I just go, huh, that's interesting, you know. And I just move forward with the things God has put in me because I'm satisfied. I know who I am in Him. I know who He's created me to be. I know what I'm supposed to do, and I'm not always that that sure. I'm not really oh. I've got this all together, but I think, hey, this is a cool journey. Sometimes I don't like the paths <laughs> to get to my destination, but mm-hmm. um, it's always interesting, and it's always a developing and growth. And, you know, sometimes I cry myself through it. Sometimes I pull myself through it, but I get there, and I go, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was worth it. You know, that that is really worth it. So I don't know about being um, alone. I don't feel ever alone with the Lord, you know, but on a physical basis, yeah, sometimes I go, does anybody get me? Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. sometimes you're having conversations with people you think you're on the same track with, and they're and they start to locate themselves, and you go like, huh. That's I think that's my I right. think that's my issue. I think that's my issue too, Rosanna. You start to talk yeah. to people and you're like, wait a minute. Um yeah. am I am I talking that far over their head or uh right. totally just right. don't get me well, you know, and, and I hate to think that I have to dummy down. you know, I like that term. Yeah. I I hate to feel yeah. like I have yeah. to d- dummy down just to fit in. So then right. I get real I get real quiet then. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. people start asking you, well, what's wrong? Well, what's wrong? Well, I don't really know how to explain it. You know? <laughs> right. I think that this, uh, this topic of being alone is really, really important. I remember uh, when I used to live in Hawaii, I used to go a couple of times a year, take off on Friday and, and fly over to Molokai, which is only about 20 miles away from uh, Honolulu, and spend a weekend by myself. And th- there was a hotel, a motel kind of thing over there. It's a very small island. Not many people go. And the motel has no telephones and no TVs. And so I would go and stay from Friday until Sunday afternoon and then fly back to uh, Oahu. And in many cases when I was over there, the only time I would ever even speak to someone would be when I ordered my food if I was in a restaurant. And the rest of the time I was alone, really with myself. I'd take some books. I'd walk in nature, of course, which is really beautiful there. And sometimes I'd tell people that I'd be working with a client and I'd say, you know, you should take a day off and just be completely by yourself and see what happens. They would have anxiety attacks. It's like, what in the world did you do by yourself for three days? Mm -hmm. And my feeling about it is related to something that Stephen said early on in the show is about the Holy Spirit. You know, we, that still small voice that God uses to speak to us, in order to hear it, it's usually not a shout, it's not a scream, it's not giant letters written across the horizon. It's usually very quiet and still, and we have to learn how to be still in order to hear it. And we do need a long time, even though I, I can relate to some of the things Rosanna said about feeling disconnected from people or alone I felt a lot of that way when I was a child and it can be very painful but when you get past that and start to really listen we we need that skill I think of being able to be alone with ourselves and listen to the voice that wants to speak to us gently and softly but also clearly and uh, it can be very 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 powerful can be very powerful. I, uh, Lamont, I just want to say one more thing to you about um, this idea of being yourself. There's a wonderful story about a rabbi named Zushia who used to be a highly respected uh, rabbi in, in Europe, uh, I think 200 years ago maybe. And he used to say, when I go to meet God, when I die and go to meet God, he's not going to say to me, why weren't you Abraham? He's going to say to you, why weren't you Zushia? Because that's who I made you to be. So being yourself, you know, we sometimes we want to compare ourselves to everybody else or we feel different, but we're made to be that way. We're made to be Lamont and Matthew and Roseanne and everybody who is their unique self because we didn't make two of anything when it comes to people. Right. Yeah. But I well, think I, I going can, back, I, I think agree. I think being alone is really a powerful thing that mm-hmm. particularly in our culture, many, many people have a really hard time with it. A really hard time. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't understand why these circumstances are what they are, and I think that, too, is because they don't utilize that alone time to really think about the true circumstance or the true issues. That's a good because, point. That's a good point. Uh, if, if we don't get more in touch with our inner selves and learn how to get out of our own way, I don't understand how there's going to be much change. Well, you're right about that, I think. That almost sounded like I knew something, huh? Yeah, it did. <laughs> it was getting very close to the edge of it. Really close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let me throw this one out there for you good people. Lamont, wait, 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 wait. Huh? I got a question for you. Now, what, okay. what, what do you do when you get to that place where you've lost everything and you don't know what to do? You ask everybody that question, but you didn't answer it. 
Well, you I, lost I, you everything. Know, you know, when you're down, you're really busted, you know. Oh, I, I, I've i been there. You, I, you know, I, I know I've been had. there. I've been there in my career, you know. I, I lost I lost in, in a lot of material possessions all at once, you know. And because of my ego at the time and who I thought I was in the industry, I kind of withdrew from everything and everybody, and I did go to a quiet spot. You know, actually, I went up in, into this park, and I think I stayed up there about three days in my vehicle, man. I was in a, in, in a wow. terrible place because I didn't know, you know, I, I felt like the biggest failure in the world, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I don't know, and I guess once I got to that total place where I I couldn't fake the funk no more, as they say, and I had to really get in touch <laughs> With the reality that the only way this thing is going to turn around And that little quiet voice in between my ears starts speaking to me Like this is not um, how it's supposed to be And there is a lesson here And those people that I thought were my friends weren't my friends They were just around me for who they thought I was and who I knew And to, you know, further their, you know, status of their situation But they wasn't Mm -hmm. there for the love of Lamont but you know, I, I didn't know that at the time because they had their hands oh, out yes. as well as my, <laughs> unfortunately, as well as my great, family. That would be a great book, Lamont. I'm sorry to interrupt. You know, as well as my family too. You know, everybody had their hands out. I mean, they was plugged into me like I was an electrical outlet. And Aww. you know, being my first time out, you know, you don't really know how to, you know, to deal with that. You know, you just yeah. here if you could help, you could help. You know, and. Until one day you helped out and nobody's in a position to help you. But anyway, uh, that little that little thing in between my ears started talking to me, and that's big boy upstairs, as I like to refer to him. And um, you know, hey, he got me out there and had me put you know that left foot in front of the right and the right in front of the left, and and get it going. And every day I got stronger, and he kept telling me that you did it before and you could do it again, and learn. And that's what I did. Beautiful. Well, I'm glad you made it, Bob. <laughs> I'm glad I did too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anyway, um, 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 Steve. I mean, let me see. Yes, uh, I thank you about the newest to the to the the group of us disturbed folks. Uh, I've been knowing Jen a little while. Of course, I deal with Matthew every week. Um, we have a few minutes left of the show, so I'd like to introduce you and what it is that you do and talk a little bit about yourself. And, Rosanna, you could do the same thing. Matter of fact, no, I apologize again. Jen, let's go with you first. And then. Me, you know, Rosanna? Jen. Oh, Jen. Okay. Yeah, let's, Jen, 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 let's do with you first. And we know I did introduce earlier that you were an actor and a and all that. So tell our listeners a little bit what it is that you do and a little about your book and then Steve and then Rosanna and then we could do that. You know, you can get out the contact information if you'd like. Uh you could you know, if you got a book on the market you could tell people how to go get that, all that. And I'll shut up right now. <laughs> so sweet. Well thank you very much. Um well basically I um I'm an author. I have a, a children's book published uh that I wrote with my son. I have an 11-year-old beautiful boy, Dakota, and we wrote a book. And um, it's called Magical Dakota, Little Two Dogs, and it's all about the native wisdom teachings of animals. And that that book can be found on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You guys can check that book out. It's really, really cute. I've actually 80-some children's books on the native wisdom teachings of animals, and they're all short little um Short, short stories. Uh, some of them are for celebrity friends of mine, too, that I know um, that are really cute. And um, basically it's to help parents as well um, because we're not born with manuals attached, you know. I sure as heck didn't know what the heck I was getting into, and I'm still learning every every day from my son. And um, so they're short stories and kind of giving lessons to children in a fun way. And I use the animals, the, the, the stories of the native animals, to do this as well. And I've incorporated stories on yoga and meditation um, for children. And do you then, have um, a website, other, Jen? I actually don't. Um, I need to get all these things together. So if we <laughs> want to get your books, we go to, we go to Amazon and just 
put, look for them there, right? Yeah, you can type in okay. my name. I'm I'm Jennifer Jurassic, um, or you can, um, yeah, that's probably the only way to find me right now. Okay. And then poetry, I, I'm also a poet. I've got um, two of five poetry books published, and those can be find, found on Amazon as well. And um, they're mostly on, like, the true self and love and, and this kind of thing, kind of like Rumi. I love Rumi. He quoted Rumi earlier. And um, I'm also doing a movie, and this is sort of something that I came into. um, I opened up a book called The Goddess Shift, and it was about women leading for a change in the world. And I was a single mother, felt trapped and hopeless, like we we can, you know, we can feel that. I think all of us can feel that at some point in our lives. And I... um, my friend says, was a film director. He says, well, why don't we film it? He's like, why don't we interview these women or people that you look up to and find out, you know, now that they're Oprah or whoever they are, you know, what can they share about who they are, you know, and what they're still learning and what, how did they become successful? And I said, no, this is not what I want for my life. I wanted to be an actress or whatever it was, you know, back then. And as soon as I said yes, the doors just started opening and people were receiving interviews, and we were flying to Glastonbury interviewing Henry Lincoln, who wrote bestsellers on Mary Magdalene, and all these amazing people. And then the last part that came in just recently is um, on women in history who have left their mark. And I've gotten uh, messages uh, from women like Rosa Parks, uh, Mary Magdalene, a lot of women whose voices were very... uh, prevalent and also not heard, so to speak, Mary, uh, her story. And I'm going to have actresses reenact these women in history who have left their mark and sort of intertwine them into my journey. And hopefully it'll help universally people. You know, that's the that's the purpose of, of everything I'm doing, really. Okay. Uh, Jen, I'm going to cut you off, but we like down to the last minute and a half, and I yeah. want to get Steve Sorry, that's, that's real good. quick. <laughs> Steve, uh-huh. your contact oh. information and stuff. Okay, real quick, um, we just moved here from Texas after being there 15 years. We have RizzoStudios.com, and we uh, do a video, and Rosanna is an acting coach extraordinaire. Our goal is to help people not only understand acting, but to be everything God created them to be. And Rosanna? Basically, that's it. I'm an acting coach, and I'm an actress, and uh, a teacher, and a you know, public speecher, uh, speecher. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a plug for the business right there. Mm-hmm. That's a good one, a public preacher. <laughs> yeah. I think I was trying to make that so we're, we're both ordained ministers also. And so I think that uh, it's a little bit of a variety in our life. Thank you. That's it. And uh, on behalf of myself and and, and Matthew, we definitely want to uh, thank you very, very much for joining the show. Thank you, yes, Jen. Thank you we all. Thank all of you. We really had a great, great time and, and, and enjoyed you immensely. Is that right, Matthew? Yes, sir. Absolutely. God bless all three of you. God bless you. Thank all right, you. four. You I'll include God bless mine. you guys. Thank you so much. Thank all you. right. Thank you. And, and please Bye. tell your friends about the show. Share the show with everybody. Uh, I'm sure somebody somewhere in the world could benefit something that we talked about. Uh, and in a couple of minutes, it'll be available worldwide. So if they missed anything or if anybody that's joined us late would like to go back and hear the show, you can at worldmovement.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just Google Can a Play a Play, and uh, you can hear today's show. And thanks again, and we'll be back next week, same time. I'm getting to the point now when I get to church. I want to ask somebody, did you mess before you got saved? So they can say yes. I say, you're the one I want to sit with. But I know you're going to praise the Lord. I don't want to sit with no dude who gets choosy, who feels like I don't need to lift him up and I already got Well, why you sitting there like you're dead or something? You got your praise on too. You ought to be bumping, jumping, shouting and running in. On your feet for the second come in. Miss me with that attitude. You want me to be cool, but I ain't cause I can't Cause if you only know what he done for me The things I used to do, how I used to be I can't lie, I got to testify I was blind, he opened up my eyes I know you think I'm fine now, but there was a time If it hadn't been for God, you'd have lost your mind Get with this, I don't miss or resist If the Lord is not slack, concerning his promise
scissor. I feel a shot. 